but will not leave me where he finds me. I am not what I can be, but I am not what I used to be. Praise the Lord. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do, and I can be all that it says I can be. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of God's Word. We're going to 1 Samuel this morning, chapter 16. I'm just going to read two verses of Scripture to get us started today. The Word of the Lord says in the New King James, So it was when they came that Samuel the prophet looked at Eliab, one of Jesse's sons, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. Did you get that? Let me read that again. For the Lord does not see as man sees, For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord, I said the Lord, the Lord looks at the heart. Let God's people pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Your word is life. Your word is truth. God, we ask you to particularly do two things. Anoint our ears to hear today and anoint our hearts to receive what the Spirit of the living God desires to speak into our hearts and lives today and let us forever be changed in the name of Jesus and by the truth of your word. And everybody once again said, Amen. Before you see it, turn around, wave at somebody with a big old smile on your face and say, Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Yes, it is. Kingdom principle for the series we began last Sunday. By the way, the title of this series is Beating the Odds. Beating the Odds. This is the story about David and Goliath. Uh, We are talking about challenges that change us. Challenges that change us. We face challenges every day in life. Most of those challenges are small and minuscule. And they don't do much to impact our lives because we're able to handle those challenges with relative ease. However, there are some challenges that come along that cannot be described in any other way except giant. Giants come through our lives, in and out of our lives from time to time. But the difference between regular day-to-day challenges that we are faced with and Giants that we are faced with is that confrontation with giants of our lives changes our lives forever, just like it did little David when he faced Goliath. Kingdom principle of this sermon series called Beating the Odds is this. Everything that is over your head is under God's feet. Can the church say amen? Life challenges are agents of change. We see in the story of David and Goliath how God will use, if we will allow him to, God will use adversity to propel us toward our destiny. Let me say that again. God will use adversity that comes into our lives 
in order to propel you and me toward our God-ordained, God-anointed, God-appointed destiny. Adversity and destiny, you see, they go hand in hand. If you have a God-given destiny, if you don't know it yet, I'm here to tell you that you do. When you, even before, for that matter, you were conceived in your mother's womb, God already had your life planned out for you. God already had his preordained destiny planned out for your life. But with every God-given, God-ordained destiny there is, there is always and will always be adversity that goes along with that destiny. You see, in God's destiny for your life and my life comes through a process. Say process. God's destiny for our lives comes through a process. Listen, God's process is important. God's process is necessary. Reality is you can't have one of these without the other. You can't have a destiny without adversity. And you will not have adversity without receiving a God-given destiny. You see, when God, when God gives us a purpose for living, when he gives us a reason for living on this earth, which he has, Satan gets our number. Satan knows where we are. And Satan is going to do everything in his power to bring as much adversity, as many challenges as he possibly can in order to keep us from fulfilling what God has already ordained for us to feel, to fulfill before we were ever even conceived. God uses giant trials to produce giant saints so he can put them in giant places. Can somebody say amen? I said, God uses giant trials to produce giant saints so he can put them in giant places to be used for his purpose. It is often that the very situations in our lives that we try very hard to avoid, that we try to stay away from, that God actually uses as opportunities to bring about the kind of change that he knows needs to take place in your life and in my life in order to bring transformation into our lives that transplants our life situation and sets us up for greater things to his glory and the furthering of his heavenly kingdom. I said we have a habit of avoiding the very things that God is wanting to use in us and through us in order to mold us and make us into the men and women that God desires for us to be in order to fulfill his glorious purpose for our lives. Let me give you an example. This situation that we're reading about now in 1 Samuel, the the scenario between David and Goliath, the giant, you see, that just didn't happen by happenstance. Approximately 400 years earlier, 400 years that separated the book of Joshua from the book of 1 Samuel, 
It had been 400 years since God commanded the previous generations of Israel, if, if you'll remember, if you know your Bible, that God commanded the children of Israel to do what under Joshua's leadership? To drive out the wicked inhabitants of Canaan land. God's, God's instructions were very plain and they were very sure. He said, drive them out of the land. Don't compromise. Drive them out. Do not stop. Do not rest until you have driven those peoples out of the land that I have promised to you, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Well, we learn through the word of God that Israel failed. The, understand, I'm talking about previous generations now. You follow me? Previous generations before David's time, before even Saul's time, previous generations that failed to heed the commandment of the Lord and they failed to drive out the inhabitants of the land. And it was because of their failure, Israel now, generations later, was still plagued with Canaan's wicked inhabitants. And they were in constant warfare with them. They were in ongoing conflict with these inhabitants. Ongoing bloodshed and warfare with their neighboring peoples. You simply cannot compromise with the devil. Can somebody say amen? I don't care how much you might be tempted to do it. You cannot afford to compromise with Satan. Because if you give Satan an inch, he's going to take a thousand miles. If you crack the door open to the devil, he's going to knock the door down, come in and take over your life and take away everything good that the Lord God Almighty has ever meant for your blessing and for my blessing. David grew up in a time in which he saw a lot of bloodshed because of the previous generation's sin and their failure to obey the Lord. He saw countless lives lost in ongoing battles with the surrounding enemies of Israel. Battles that should have been settled many years earlier. Moms and dads, this is a word for you and me as well. Listen, our, the failures... Our failures of today is going to be a harvest that our children will reap tomorrow. Can somebody say amen or oh me in the house today? But it's the truth. Understand, my failures of today will be a harvest that my children will have to reap tomorrow. However, it was the failure of the previous generations, I remind you, to obey the commandments of the Lord by failing to drive out Canaan's wicked inhabitants that led to Israel being plagued now with ongoing conflict in their lives. I said we need to have a make-up mind, a made-up mind, mother and father. We need to have a made-up mind that we're going to serve the Lord no matter what, because guess what? We're not living this life for ourselves, amen? We are living this life for those who will follow after us when we're gone on to glory. Can somebody say amen? amen. 
You see, David understood that in order to beat the odds, as we said last Sunday, he had to be willing to face the odds of his life. You can't beat the giant until you're willing to stand up to the giant. You can't beat the odds that runs your life until you're willing to say, devil, enough is enough. But little David had learned through previous encounters and previous conflicts that if he was willing to show up for the fight, that God was willing to show up for him. Can somebody say amen? Go ahead and give Jesus a hand clap of praise today. How many have experienced that? How many have experienced that in their own lives? I know I have. I have learned, as David had learned growing up, that if I would be willing to show up for the Lord and face the giants that life has to bring, that guess what? God will be willing to show up for me. I said God is just looking for opportunities to demonstrate his power, to demonstrate his might in our lives. You know, I heard somebody put it like this. He said, you know, I hear people praying for God's power, God's power, God's power. Then he said, but you know what? We're not doing enough that we need God's power. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the fact that God will not call his people to do anything that his people can do on their own. God will not call his church to do anything that his church has the power and the ability to do by itself. We serve a God who is a great God and he is trying to pull us out of our comfort zones. He's trying to pull us out of our state of of indifference in our state of apathy and step out on faith and trust God for his power to do the impossible in and through our lives. Can somebody give God a hand clap of praise in this place if you believe that this morning? I said little David had already learned. He had faced the lion, which he would would explain to King Saul a little later in the story. He he had faced the lion, and guess what? The lion, God delivered the lion into little David's hand. He had faced the bear, and God had delivered the bear into little David's hands. And now here comes Goliath. You know what David's response to Goliath was? Well, that's just another giant that my God is going to deliver into my hands because he had already learned that if he would show up for God, that God was going to show up for him. Listen, we need to learn to take God seriously in our lives. You see, I've learned that God takes you and me seriously When we take him seriously, the price of conformity will cost you a whole lot more in the long run than the present pain and sacrifice that will lead us to victory. Victory is going to cost you something. Victory is going to require blood, sweat, and tears. Victory is going to require much sacrifice. Victory is going to require pain. But I'm here to tell you this morning that compromise is going to cost you a whole lot more than that. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Don't settle for conformity. 
When God Almighty desires for your victory. God has not called his church to be a downtrodden, defeated people. God gets no glory out of a defeated church today, saints. God gets glory out of a church that stands victorious on his promises. Standing on the foundation of his word. Knowing. Knowing that we may lose a battle every now and then, but we know the one who has already won the war and his name is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who reigns forever in all eternity. Somebody put your hands together today and give Jesus praise and glory in this place this morning. God has sent me by this way today to tell somebody that you don't have to settle for defeat. You don't have to settle for what the devil is bringing into your life. If you will allow the devil, remember the devil is a bully. And if you will allow him, he will drag you through the mud. He will push you around. He will cripple you with a spirit of fear as long as you will let him get away with it. But I've got news for the children of the Most High God. Jesus died on the cross to make you victorious, actually more than conquerors, through Christ who died for us, that we may live triumphantly in his name and by the power of his Holy Spirit. I said you don't have to settle for defeat today, church. Don't settle for anything less than victory over the devil's oppression. Look at somebody this morning and tell them, don't settle. Say it again. Tell them, tell somebody else, don't settle. Don't settle for what the enemy wants you to settle for. You don't have to accept the enemy's oppression. You don't have to accept defeat today. Jesus Christ shed his precious blood on a cross of Calvary that we may live victoriously in his name as the church of Jesus Christ. Let's give the head of the church praise today. Who is Jesus Christ our Lord? It was Jesus Christ who said in Matthew 22 and 14, he said, many are called, but few are what? Chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. What did he mean by that? Well, what defines the one who is chosen by God is not his or her skills, not his or her education, not his or her talent, or even his or her abilities. What distinguishes between the called and the chosen is simply a person's willingness to face the odds in the first place. I said some of us never give God a chance to demonstrate what he can do and is willing to do in and through our lives simply because we don't even bother to show up for the fight in the first place. Listen, you got to show up for the fight and give God a chance to demonstrate his power, to show off his glory, and demonstrate what he is willing to do for those who are his children today. I said God is looking for the willing today. 
He's not looking for the talented. He's not looking for the skilled. He's not looking for the gifted. He's not even looking for the most beautiful or the most handsome. All God is looking for is somebody who is willing to say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. I'll go in your name. We've been talking about the challenges that change us the last couple of Sundays. No one paid much attention to little David as a young shepherd. As a matter of fact, when Samuel came, when the Lord sent Samuel, the prophet Samuel, to Jesse's house, Jesse, his own father, didn't even bother to call for him out of the field because his own dad didn't think there was a chance at all that it would be David, that David would be the one that Samuel anoint the next king of Israel. So Jesse, his own dad, His own father had already counted him out. David's brothers had counted him out. His own father had counted him out. And probably if the prophet Samuel had seen him beforehand, he may have even counted it out. But I tell you what, God didn't count him out. When God looked at little David, he didn't see a little boy helpless. He saw a boy who had the audacity to trust God to deliver the giants of his life into his hands. God looked at a little boy who had the, 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 the brave, the, the raw, bold braveness to stand before a lion and dare to believe that God would deliver that lion into his hands. God saw a boy who had the audacity to stand before a bear who was much bigger and mightier and stronger than he was and believe that God had the ability and the will. See, that's where where we get tripped up as a church. Oh, we believe that God has the ability. We'll sing about God's ability. We'll we'll read and shout about and celebrate God's power and celebrate God's ability. But when it comes down to his will, God, I know you can, but will you deliver the giant into my hands? You see, we get tripped up. You know what trips us up? Is us. We look at ourselves and we see our own frailty. We see our own unworthiness even. We see all the reasons, our own deficiencies, and we see all the reasons why a God in heaven would ever want to use someone like me. But you know what God says? God says, I will. Look at somebody and tell them, God will. Oh, tell somebody else, somebody needs to hear this. Tell them God will. God will use you. He is willing to show up for you if you are willing to show up for God. I said God is willing to show up for his people and show out for his people if his people will simply show up for him. But I want you to understand the day that David, little David stood out, stepped out rather, stepped out from among the multitudes that were, had surrounded him that day that Goliath had showed up again to challenge the armies of the Lord. The day that little David stepped out of the crowd and stepped onto that battlefield and little David said, I will. I'll face the giant. 
I'll confront Goliath. Even though nobody else was willing to do it, little David said, I'll show up for the fight today. The day that David did that, he would no longer be known as little David. From that day forward, all of the kingdom of Israel understood that God was grooming him to one day become not little David, but King David. <laughs> King David. King David. Friend, I want you to understand there may, not, there may not be much to this boy right here, right now, but God is still working on me. And one day as I trust in God and his faithfulness, one day as he molds me and he carries me through his God-ordained process for my life, one day I'm going to step into glory and he's going to put a crown on my head and a robe around my shoulders and I won't be Todd anymore. I'm going to be King Todd. Because Jesus died to make us kings and priests of his royalty to serve the living God for all eternity. I said all of that changed the moment that David was willing to step onto that battlefield and face that giant. From that day forward, he would no longer be little David, but he would be King David. From that day forth, I said God has a plan for our lives this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 4 says, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. Now, I don't know exactly how many inches that Goliath stood in his stature, but my understanding it went somewhere between 8 to maybe even 11 or 12 feet tall. Now, that's big, but I want you to understand, Goliath to us today represented the bullies of life. Life is filled with all sorts of bullies today. I want to give you some characteristics of a bully before we pray this morning. Characteristic number one is this, a bully always looks bigger than life. Goliath's armor alone is estimated to have weighed from 250 to 300 pounds. Compared to the average height of an Israelite soldier, which they tell me was only about five foot five. Now I want you to picture for a moment somebody who only stood five feet tall and five inches up next to somebody who stood anywhere from eight to 11 feet tall. If you can picture that in your mind, that person looked, probably looked like a grasshopper in the eyes of that giant. I said, Goliath's armor by itself weighed 200 to 300 pounds. Yeah, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I wonder how many of us can bench press 250 to 300 pounds this morning. If you've ever tried, I have. That's a lot of weight. That's what he wore as his armor. Life has its bullies. The devil is the biggest bully of them all. Satan desires to push God's people around. Satan wants to intimidate us. He wants to oppress the people of the living God. But there are different levels of faith. You can have peace with God 
but not enjoy the peace of God in your day-to-day life. David understood, David had learned that you can have peace with God, but not enjoy the peace of God. David learned that you can have faith in God for your eternal salvation, but not enjoy the faith of God to face your day-to-day problems. David had learned there was a greater depth to having faith in God than just for the minuscule things of life. I said, we sell our God short, church. We don't understand just how great just how big and just how powerful the God of heaven that we serve really is today. A bully uses intimidation to terrorize. A bully uses fear to manipulate. And speaking of fear, fear is another bully that will oppress God's people if we will allow it to. Someone said that the word fear stands for false evidence appearing real. But destiny does not come without adversity. It was the Goliaths of David's life that had conditioned his faith. You see what I've learned in my walk with the Lord is that there is absolutely nothing that happens in my life that takes place by chance or by happenstance. You see, when you are a blood-bought child of God, everything that you're going through in your life right now This very moment, whether it's good or bad, God is conditioning you for something bigger and better down the road. Can somebody say amen this morning? That's right. Everything that you're going through, that trial, that storm, that season of suffering or that season of mourning, whatever it is, understand God has allowed it to come into your life in order to condition you and prepare you for bigger and better things that he has in place to come in your life. Whatever you're facing today, understand is to prepare you for something greater for your tomorrow. You see, God used Goliath to introduce little David, God's anointed one, to the kingdom of Israel. And oh, what an introduction. All of a sudden, little David became a whole lot bigger than what his physical stature looked the day that he dared to stand before the giant named Goliath. You see, bullies seem bigger, and I emphasize the word seems. I said bullies seem bigger than life. They look bigger than life. But how many know this morning that looks can be deceiving? I said looks can be deceiving. While the Philistines used the biggest, baddest warlord they could find in all of Philistia, to serve as their warlord. Who did God choose? God didn't choose the biggest. God didn't choose the baddest. God didn't even choose the tallest or one who had the broadest shoulders. No. You know who God chose? I'll tell you who he chose. God chose the run of the bunch. (laughs) That's who God chose. God picked out the run of the bunch. He picked out The baby of the bunch. Can I get an amen there, Pastor Shelton? He picked out the baby of the bunch. He picked him out and he said, hey, 
This is the one I'm going to use, little David, the baby of the family. The son that his own father didn't even bother to call in just in case he would be God's anointed. God said, I choose him. So if the devil has been telling you you are not qualified, if the devil's been telling you you are not smart enough, if the devil's been telling, telling you you're not pretty enough or handsome enough to serve as royalty in the kingdom of God, I, God Almighty has sent me by ICC this morning to remind you, yes, you're good enough. Yes, you're smart enough. Yes, you're strong enough because all God is looking for is somebody who is willing to stand up for the Lord and give God a chance to show out for you. Somebody give God praise in this place this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, can somebody shout hallelujah this morning? Can somebody shout glory this morning? I said bullies seem bigger than life, but looks can be deceiving. Pastor Steve, I need you to come around and play softly this morning because I got to bring this in for a landing today. And you guys who know me know what that means. That means about another 15 minutes. So hang on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hopefully a little shorter than that. But I believe God has something he wants to say to us this morning, church. I believe God has a word for us. Bullies only seem bigger than life. And I want to ask you a question this morning before we pray. What has been bullying you around lately? What has been pushing you? What has been defying your power? What has been making you feel small and insignificant and unimportant lately? It could be someone or it could be something. It could be trials. Friend, sometimes we face trials in life that are giants. I mean giants. And just when I thought I had, if you're like me, just when I thought I had everything under control. <laughs> just when I had everything figured out and everything was going the way I wanted it to go, here came a Goliath. Here came a giant. And that giant has reminded me that I'm itty bitty that I'm minuscule that really I'm just a grain of sand on a sandy sandy beach in the grand scheme of things and, and I'm like oh Lord help me but I tell you something else that giant does it causes me to go back to where I need to be always back on my knees Back on my knees before the mighty God of heaven. Back on my knees where I cry out, Lord God of heaven, have mercy on your servant. I am weak and undone, but you are almighty and powerful. I said back on my knees. Back to the place where I stand, the tallest of them all. That is kneeling before the God of heaven. Kneeling before the King of glory. Kneeling before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who holds the victory in the palm of his very hand. I said back on my knees. 
That's where David had learned to go to in times of the giant. That's where we've got to learn to go to today. When we say, Lord God, here I am. Here I am, Jesus. Use me, save me, deliver me, forgive me, heal me, restore me, cleanse me, free me from the bondage of what oppresses my life. If you'll stand with me, and I'm going to do my best to stand back up. I may need help. I made it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Lord Jesus, we come before you today through your grace and mercy. God, we thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace, for your presence and power that you seek to demonstrate in and through our lives every day that we live. Lord God, forgive us. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for selling you short. Forgive us, Lord God, for not believing in you the way you want us to believe in you. Forgive us, oh God, for, for forgetting the miracles that you have already carried out in our lives. The many miracles, Lord, that you have already demonstrated in my past. How can we forget such marvelous, miraculous things that reminds us over and over again just how great of a God that we all serve? Lord Jesus, you only require us to acknowledge the giants in our lives. But then after we acknowledge those giants, that we turn them all over to you, knowing that we are more than conquerors today through Christ Jesus only because you are our ultimate conqueror. You are our warlord today, Christ. You are our champion. If you are here in this congregation on the sound of my voice, or maybe you're joining us through the online broadcast, I want to ask you, what's been bullying you around lately? I believe that God has ordained this moment for us as his people to declare victory over the giants, over the bullies of our lives. Will you with me right now? If you, if you are one, you will dare to say, God, I believe that you will give me victory in the name of Jesus, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Raise it up high in the name of Jesus. Those watching through the broadcast at home, yeah, raise your hand up high as an act of faith in the Lord God of heaven saying, God, I believe. God, I'm ready to stand out on faith. I'm ready to believe in my champion, my warlord, who is Christ the King, Jesus, Emmanuel, God, who is with me always. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, keep that hand raised. Raise up the other hand right now. And let us go to the Lord God in prayer, turning this entire place into an altar right now. In the name of Jesus, let God's people pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you see the giants in my life. Lord God, you see the impossible. You see all of those things that make me feel small and vulnerable and insignificant. You see my own unworthiness today, God. But Lord God, despite it all, I come before you in the name of Jesus and I put my faith and trust in you. And I say, Lord, what you've done in my life in the past, 
demonstrate in your power for me. Do it again in the name of Jesus Christ. Do it again, God. Demonstrate it again, Lord, in my life. Do it again in me, Lord Jesus. Give me victory over the giants in my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the authority of Christ. By the authority of Christ, I defy the giant in Jesus' name. I defy the bullies of my life. And I stand upon the promises of Almighty God. And I say, oh God, deliver me. And I receive your deliverance right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let it be so. God, we submit it to you right now. Let every person here submit it into the hands of the King of Kings right now in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, we receive it by faith in your holy name. Thank you for your victory. Thank you for your breakthrough. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness, your grace that empowers me, that enables me, that anoints me to do what only you can do in and through my life. I submit it to you. Will you do that with me right now? Say, Lord, I submit it to you in Jesus' name. I give you every bully, every giant I face in my life right now. Go before me as you said you would. Conquer the giant. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Can we put our hands together one more time and give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's worship him today. Come on, let's rejoice in the mighty name of Jesus. The name above every name. How many knows that one day at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the King of as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.
once again that the God in heaven that we serve is alive, is real, and is capable and able to bring down every giant we face in our very lives. Lord, as we leave here this morning, let your word serve as a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, leading us all, God, in the way that you would have us go. And let all that we are and all that we do bring glory and honor to you, most high God. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray these things together. And the church said, amen. Can we put our hands together one more time and give God a hand clap of praise. Before we leave here this morning, God bless you. We love you so much today, and you are dismissed. God bless you today.